Hey, it's Sean, and this week on Dipple Theory, we're going to talk about brandy and cognac. And September says you can listen to me whine about it. Tipple Theory is the exploration of history and practice of creating alcohol around the world. On this show, we'll share some of the history of how your favorite beverages came to be, as well as techniques professional bartenders use to elevate your poison of choice into an experience worth savoring. Hey, everyone. Thank you and welcome to this episode of Tipple Theory with your VSOP hosts, Sean. And with and me. September. Yeah. Yeah. Please visit tipplethory.com today to find other episodes and ways to support us. Hint, it's Patreon. <laughs> so today's topic is Brandon and Cognac. Uh, they are similar and and yet not the same. But before we get into that, let me take a sip of mine. <sighs> Ooh, fancy. <laughs> right. I'm in my in my almost brandy snifter. But would you, yeah, you hold the glass so it warms. Right, you hold the glass. You let it, you let it warm the bottom. Yes, There's a yes, reason for the shit. Mine, on the other off hand, your palm. I am having a, a brandy drink that you do not want to. You want to chill your glass first. I bet you can guess. Uh, you, uh, you just chill your glass first. I mean, so you're having a cocktail. I am having a cocktail. Um. Oh crap! All I can think of is sidecar because that's what I want to do this week, and I <laughs> now I can't think of another brandy cocktail. Oh, and this is something. Even if you're not an aficionado, I think uh, you may have heard of a brandy Alexander. Oh duh! Yeah, and yeah, I was like, <laughs> it was one of the first things popped into my mind. So I was like, you know, I never had one of those. What is that? And you know. I looked, I was like, oh, and with Sean suffering from white Russians recently, mm. I decided it was my turn and uh, didn't take my lactose pills and made some Brandy Alexander. Maybe that's why I didn't think of that. Is all, and it's because normally there's a nutmeg garnish on top of Brandy Absolutely. Alexander. Absolutely. So I did that. So behind, I'm thinking of like going back into the working days of bartending and like, like we didn't always have cream in our service bar. And we definitely did not have nutmeg, so it meant we had to take two trips to make that drink. Ah, so a lot of—I I remember a lot of servers would be like, "We don't have brandy Alexanders." Like, yeah, we do. We just don't want to make them, especially for back there. And you're not me. Yeah, so, old. So you're probably not going to get one. But yes, I—I I will make you your brandy Alexander because I bet you that person is—and and no offense to anyone, but probably over sixty. If they're ordering it in a restaurant. Hey. <laughs> and. and it's pretty damn yummy. I it will is. Say. And I did an experiment, even though I, I had some trouble because I couldn't find my uh, microplane, my normal one. I can only find my one that's like two and a half inches wide. Mm. Um, so it was a little messy, but I was calling it extra garnish because I sprinkled my glass. Um, but I got a little itty bitty cute bottle of some brandy and yummy. said, I'm going to try that. And I got heavy cream and I thought, I'm going to try and make this with my almond milk and see if I can pull this off. Um, No, because it separate. It didn't separate, but it didn't froth. It didn't. Like the Brandy mm. Alexander has this nice little frothy top that the nutmeg will kind of sit on. Um, 
and the mouthfeel from the cream. Like you can get away with using almond milk or soy milk or something in a, um, like a white Russian and that's fine. But in this, I mean, you're shaking the hell out of it and getting that nice. It turns, it crystallizes the cream a little. It almost does an ice cream thing. There are even recipes for it that have putting some ice cream in it. Uh Um, so it's even more of an ice creamy drink than a white Russian, in my opinion, because of the flavor profile of the brandy and the little garnish of nutmeg. I might try it again with um, a, a, something fuller fat, like a, a soy milk might be thick enough to do it, or if I reduced it. Um but yeah, it, it didn't so work so well with the almond milk. But I, the other experiment that I was setting up for, because I, I basically I used uh, the itty bitty bottle to make the regular and the soy recipes, mm-hmm. or not soy, almond milk recipes. Also for our vegans friends benefit, because <laughs> I couldn't be enough of a nerd. Mm. So what I did next is my perfected drink. I used the ginger brandy. Mm. So, yeah, equal parts ginger brandy and creme de cacao and the cream and shook it like the Dickens, poured it out, fresh nutmeg grated on top, and I am so happy. I like it way more than the plain brandy, Um, but I knew going in, as long as the ginger brandy wasn't garbage i uh-huh. was because chocolate covered ginger is one of my favorite things in the whole world now i wonder so if you were to do that vegan next time instead of using um so i was thinking oat milk just because it feels thicker mm-hmm. but uh i wonder if you can just get a creamer like an almond milk creamer or oat milk creamer i was thinking about that too but the only um i do have oat milk creamer in the house mm-hmm. but it's sweetened and i didn't want to go over the top with the sweet ice cream. It's, it's the ice cream version. Maybe I'll try that tomorrow. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. I'll des- I'll want another drink, perhaps. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Oh well. Well, right, not for the people listening. <laughs> no, we are recording on Fat Tuesday, right? Which is <laughs> which is why I was I was there was thinking like oh I should make New Orleans style hurricane for the drink, but uh, that involved more time and effort than I had time for. So so the, the, okay. the accompanying drink for the show will be a, a sidecar, which we'll discuss later. But right now I'm just drinking the the oldest cognac, or the, sorry, not the oldest cognac, cognac from the oldest cognac house uh, in France, because that's where cognac is. Um, and it's, it's lovely. It's much, it's not dry, but it's much drier than regular cognac. If you think of like the, you know, the sweet after dinner kind of drink, like this is, I, I can actually see where in some fashions, because like, brandy came a lot before whiskey, like where like the sweet notes, especially in bourbon. Uh, and if you're just, I, I know a lot of people that like to sub in bourbon or brandy uh, in alternate cocktails, like where this can kind of butt up against each other. Cause this is, this is, is like drinking a, like a sweet bourbon. This is, I can understand that when I was looking for brandy cocktails, um, mm-hmm. A lot of them came up as, you know, your classics basically with brandy instead, like mm-hmm. an old fashioned and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and a, 
because I was saying like, a, I'm going to make a sidecar, which is a classic brandy or cognac cocktail. But I've, I used to make Woodford sidecars for people because they're like, oh, can I get a whiskey sidecar? And Woodford or makers would be like the top, top choices for that. Like, yeah, sure. Whatever you want. If you're buying. I'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to this week? Hmm. Drinking this drink right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Comic Con. No, Statesville Comic Con. <laughs> small. Well, it's small. It's still cute. His family. It's intimate. You get to see everyone. Yeah, it's like our Civic Center Comic Con. They they have cosplay. They have a bunch of artists. It's mostly a big artist alley, uh, but they do have you know some stuff. Um, I didn't, I'm the cosplay isn't organized in a way that I could find, like, there's no schedule that's easy to find to know when things are happening. Um, but lots of great stuff and great people, of course, like finding your people is so fun running into my people, people seeing I was there and I just started getting these texts like, we'll be right over. I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't tell everybody. Um, I'm not being a jerk, but I would be overwhelmed. Um, but man, people go all out in the cosplay in this little town. There were Mandalorians walking around downtown Statesville. Like <laughs> I have a picture I got on the street later. Like we went walking to go get lunch later, and I saw the Mandalorians going by, and there somebody was walking up to him in the street. It's like, sir. There a Comic Con or something, and I could hear them from way over on that intersection because he had comms in his helmet projecting his voice and everything and they're telling them about the comic-con and giving them directions and oh. uh yeah that was really cool and i got the coolest little i've been wanting these one of these oh, for a long nice. time it's like a little potion bottle that you can put on a belt or on your cool leather purse um i got this guy's card i resisted the awesome leather bound book for all my spell cards for D. So I didn't want to drop $100 on that, but I may eventually not be able to help myself. But I'm excited about this. I don't know I'm going to keep in it. I'm willing to take suggestions. More. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine, like, taking it. I'll have it at the bar, and I'm like, I'm, I'll spike your drink. Oh, right. you know, I have a little of this. Just ruin everyone's night. Um, <laughs> Put some red dye. It's a health potion, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that. Uh, yeah, Comic Con. Bought a cool thing. Bought stuff for my husband because you know it's close to Valentine's Day. It's the easy way to do it. What about you? What have you been up to? I'm like adding notes. I'm like, oh yeah, I was doing that. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, I had a, a really bad allergy attack on Friday. Um, so uh, I. I, I uh, when I moved to Texas, when I finally had healthcare as an adult, because um, because I've been a bartender forever, so uh, guess what? No healthcare. Um, I was like, man, I've had allergies forever. I have to take allergy medicine all the time. It'd be great if I could do something about this. And like, oh yeah, we have this program, and essentially it's like exposure therapy. They start you off with little little doses and kind of or little uh, uh, diluted bits of allergens, and they kind of build the you shots? up. Yeah, and shots, and they kind of okay. build you up over yeah, time. Yeah, I used to it's give shots. Like a, like so a thousand to one or whatever. And my son, condition. yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm on. I'm just in my second year now, just started it. 
And other than like a little welt, I've been doing fine. And for whatever reason, 20, 30 minutes after my shot on Friday, I like my neck was on fire. And I was like, this is weird. But it wasn't any of the signs they told me to look for. They're like, oh, trouble breathing, trouble talking, trouble swallowing, itchiness. Like, no itching. I'm like, I'm like going through my, I'm like, like, but like, you know, my throat's on fire, my ears are on fire. Look in the mirror, my head is purple. I'm like, oh, no. So, so I, I chugged a bottle of Benadryl and did the, did the EpiPen. And I had to get observed for like six hours to make sure nothing else happened. Um, and they're like, yeah, you're really close. That's like, Five ten minutes, and they were putting and put a hole in your throat. Oh, oh. my gosh! I'm like, but I could breathe just fine. Like then, <laughs> sure. Right, that's so uh, weird. My my son that we have an epipen in the house for, um, mm-hmm. who's not one of the ones I even gave allergy shots to, uh, he, he got stung once, like right between his eyes, <laughs> oh. by something. They thought a horse fly bit him. I don't know because his whole head swelled mm. up. He could breathe fine. Like his throat wasn't closing it, but like, oh, you should see the pictures. Like it whole puffy. Head. Yeah. And I don't know if it just can all of a sudden start swelling in a different place or what in the world, but. I, I want to say it depends on the allergy. Like, cause I'm, I'm definitely allergic to rabbits. You put a rabbit around me, I'll, I'll get silver dollar sized welts up my arms and then my throat will close up. Like that's happened before. Uh, part of the reason I want to get shots. Like I want less things to kill me that exist in nature. Yeah. So what uh, are they going to do? Like another spin test, change the formula, go I back just, down. I should have called my allergy allergist yesterday, but I didn't. Um, probably because I've been busy, partly because I've been nervous. Cause I'm just like, I don't like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like there's there is a bit of trepidation there now. Like thinking like I'll have to start keep doing it if I want some something good to happen. But that was definitely rough. On the upside, I replaced the batteries in my PS4 controllers because <laughs> they were completed and I cleaned them out. And I Ooh, I don't know. It's nerd like, along with my yeah, along with my video game collection, like that's now in my in my hall of things since it's since it's last generation. Uh, and I, I have, I finally started doing a no cost PC build because I got a ton of parts from work and I thought I can make these fit together. And there you go. I, I did have to spend, I had to spend $7 because the PC cooling block, the CPU cooling block that I found that I figured out how to make fit. The only downside is it was the standoffs were too far away from the motherboard to actually get set in with the screws that I had. So I had to get longer screws to make it set. Um, I've never had water cooling. So this is a Gen 2 i7. So we're, I think, on Gen 14 now. <laughs> so it's quite old, but I'm like, it's it's a beefy cooling block now, especially because I it had it already had a one fan on the case, and there was a fan already on the cooling blocks. So now it's push-pulling at the same time, <laughs> the two fans. Um, and I, li- I like it because the case itself is an old Antec case. It's, it's steel. It's heavy. It's very heavy. Uh, which they don't do anymore. They don't do just those giant, weird, not even weird, just very monolithic, blocky cases. And, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to either put Windows 7 or Windows XP on it and just use it for old software and games. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's what I, else I bought at Comic-Con. I found Super Mario All-Stars. Oh, nice. 
and I for NES and I took a picture of a case of old retro games and I messaged Brian Dunaway in the Discord. <laughs> like, need any of these? <laughs> and he's like, Ooh, I want that. Oh wait, no, I have that. Oh wait, I want that. You know, like, oh no, I actually kinda want that. Uh, Alright. So I uh bought him that. I shipped that off today. And I dyed my hair blue. Oh. I know it looks black, but it's it does, just a yeah. really, really, really dark blue. So, and I and and that's it because I'm not going to talk about the depressing thing. Nobody, nobody uh, wants to hear that. An old lady hit on me at the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she saw my mustache. She's like, I just had eye surgery, but I can see that mustache. And I was like, and she was wearing like the like the, the big blocky square like solar eclipse glasses sunglasses. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, she's like, oh, how do you do it? Like, how do you maintain that? Like, oh, that's, you know, this is so fancy. And, and I, I like, we, like, we both kind of, we were walking opposite directions, but then we hit each other on the next aisle, again, walk, walking the opposite way. And she's like, oh, there you are with that mustache again. And she, like, leaned in and went, just to <laughs> you know, I'm not saying this to you, but those kind of mustaches are a real turn on. I'm like, mm-hmm. Thank you. Are you, are you sure she, you, she didn't think you were Jimmy Fallon? Uh, oh. <laughs> Damn it. Was that this last week too? Has it been that busy hmm. week? Or was that last week? That was last week because oh, okay. that's when you sent me the TikTok and I had to go look it up and watch the bit. So whenever listeners and or watchers see and or hear this, that was Jimmy Fallon. Look up the Jimmy Fallon video, Cool Bartenders, with uh, Keegan-Michael Key and... Uh, there's a response that I have out there because Jimmy Fallon looks looks like me. He has like my hair is in a top knot right now. His is in a top knot. He has a mustache like mine, the soul patch. Um, and I think I commented that the only thing I don't have is suspenders. And then my friend's wife messaged me, the same one that sent me a, a monocle when I got this mustache and said, I know what I'm sending you for your birthday this year. It'll be suspenders and that'll complete the look. I have to say I sent your, your TikTok to some friends. And uh, our take on it, other than it being adorable, the the part where you you grab the time sprig, and just <laughs> toss it aside like, <laughs> it, mwah, perfect. <laughs> it was I think it was it was lavender actually because I have a whole bunch of lavender back there too. Ah, well, like- being that you designed a drink with me last year that had time in it and mm. that time is uh, what's mentioned in the video. I mistakenly assumed it was time. Oh, okay. I, I can't remember what part of the video I took. Cause it, yeah, he does. I think I did. Say maybe sprig of time. Yeah. yeah. At some other point they say something about lavender. Like, yeah, I mean, and time. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Yep. Speaking of all the time. Jeez. Mine's gone. Yeah, it, it's a shaky thing, so I can't do anything about it. I have water. Honestly, I poured a little bit of um of Grand Marnier. That's the other part, the part of my cocktail. And, I mix um, a double to be fine, but Sean's always late. Double fine. I was not late this time. I mean, we chatted for a while, but I <laughs> no, we well, chatted I, for a while. I was yeah. right on right on the minute this time. All right, so we're here. We gather you here today to talk about marriage. Um. Uh, Let's talk about brandy and its more specific counterpart, cognac, uh, which, as we've been talking about, these are essential things you want to have behind your bar. 
and you don't have to have cognac specifically behind your bar. That is the fancy French version, but uh, it's good to know about, and it's good to know why, especially. Uh, so, brandy, as just just as a as the core spirit, as the base, as the as the the main thing, uh, comes about in France, roughly thirteenth uh, century, beginning of fourteenth or start of the thirteen hundreds, somewhere in there. Uh, and this is this is September and I talking before the show, finding <laughs> conflicting sources. So it's somewhere in there. Could have been. Uh, I found thirteen thirteen as my date. She was she was finding thirteenth century, which means twelve hundred. So, and you know what? And records from back then, it, this you know, <laughs> the further back you go, the less specific they tend to become. But what we could find and determine is that they were coming uh, out of French, uh, coming out of French ports. The Dutch and or other sailors, but definitely Dutch sailors specifically cited, would distill down wine that they were shipping from France to other places, possibly back to Holland. Uh, and in doing so, you would be getting brandy, because brandy is distilled uh, uh, fruit, dist- sorry, distilled fermented fruit. And in France's case, quite often grapes, and quite often white grapes. But not always. It's, it's, those are things, especially when you get to cognac, that that's more specific about. But when it comes to brandy, much less specific. And it's I think that's noting. where oh. some of the records uh, were conflicting. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that because brandy and cognac are so synonymous and usually only seen as the region. But the stuff in when they're talking about 13th century where they started doing it was a lot of red wines. It was the cognac variety and particularly the white wines mm-hmm. that were better and they were distilling it for a different reason. Um, and like, I should probably check the footnoted stuff, but it looks like that's where that <laughs> conflation comes in. Yeah. And if, especially, and if, so let's say, no, let's say, but like, saying that cognac was the better wine or uh, the cognac grapes, the mm-hmm. white, the white grime grapes they come from, if they were bad and you'd already purchased that batch, distilling it down as a way to, to keep the alcohol and keep your product just in general. So you can still have it. And that's, I saw many citations of brandy in general saying like, well, this is how they would just do something else with a bad batch of something that they had made. <laughs> Which is quite often the case in, in alcohol's history. It's like, how do we make something bad taste good? Well, and I found things referring to that as a, a little more afterward. Um, it, after discovering they could do this with brandy, with their burnt wine, and with <laughs> cognac, and, and just refining and giving it more flavor, that's when they started going back, and the vineyards started going, well, if they can do that, we can make more out of all this leftover crap, too. And that actually, then that, yeah, I so say that probably explains some of the Dutch, the Dutch, eh, the date discrepancy. Is it happening at ports first, and then it getting documented at a vineyard somewhere, going, "Aha, we did the thing officially, <laughs> not by the dirty, dirty Dutch," uh, which Dutch are not dirty. And actually, well, they were probably mad about them distilling it down until, oh wait, they're still right. buying it though. <laughs> and it, and it's as we were talking about. I also would make sense that it was Dutch sailors doing this or like they're they're getting their credit even in a French port because at at one point they were the seat of shipping power in Europe. It would have been around then. They were an incredibly wealthy country. So 
yeah, them them doing that in France is it, it's not maybe it, it wouldn't be as much of a perceived poo poo on France back then because they weren't the world power back then. Well, the it was Western reducing it was reducing its volume and upping its alcohol to make a better profit before yeah. putting it on the ship. Yes, but I mean, there's the reason why the the Dutch would specifically be cited as doing that is because that they were the ones that had you know had quote unquote power to do so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and you mentioned uh, uh, the burnt wine. Uh, so the the word brandy comes from the Dutch word for burnt wine, which is how we. And there was no discrepancy in that. Uh, everywhere I looked, the Dutch were cited as this is where this word comes from. It comes from the Dutch, um, even if their Dutch were doing it in France, still Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Uh, there is uh, the French word for for brandy, cognac especially, uh, eau de vie, which is still on. If you look at a, at the label of a cognac bottle, it'll say cognac, and then either parentheses or, or just just an italics next to it, eau de vie, which means water of life, which is what the French called it when they when whenever they decided to acknowledge having discovered it. <clears throat> uh, and this is partly to do with like so many other alcohols, it's uh, medicinal properties, or at the time, medicinal properties. So it was to be uh, considered to be so invigorating for patients that it was, was life-giving uh, unto people. So uh, that is where that the, that word, which is on the French bottles, comes from and remains there. Because it was medicine. Because of course it is, because it always is. <laughs> It must be. <laughs> uh, so, and, and I think I mentioned, and it's the I, I'm specifically drinking uh, Algier, Algier, um, and I know it's not Algier because you never pronounce the last letter, especially an R in French. Uh, but I'm drinking cognac from that house, and it was even on says on the bottle, established in 1643. Uh, so they, so there, I mean that, but even just looking at that, that's 100. Sorry, a th- 320 years, 330 years difference between it saying of having been created and then the oldest cognac house in France uh, being established and, and still running. So a lot happened in there. I couldn't find a lot in the, I didn't do as long of a research project this week for this episode, but there didn't seem to be as well, much. You, know, you almost much. died. How dare you? I did almost die. Augier won gold medal at the New York Spirits Festival in 2018. So how, how about that? Uh, so something important to note, uh, is, as we've been talking about it, brandy is just fermented and distilled fruit. That is brandy. Uh, so it exists in many forms, many places. Uh, cognac is fermented and distilled grapes within Cognac, France. Uh, and their cognac has a lot of distinguishing marks or ratings if you look at a cognac bottle. And actually, you'll see this on brandy bottles, too. Because, like I said, cognac has to come from cognac. France France makes other brandies. Uh, so especially in other French brandies, you'll see VS, VSOP, or XO, which delineate different qualities, actually different aging qualities um, in brandy. So VS for, stands for very special. And then you have, what's a very special old pale? And then you have extra old. Or is it, no, is it very special or very, not specific? It might be another S word. Oh, shoot. 
Well, what? Okay. Uh, it's a VS. I think it's, sometimes I mess up the S's. One's very special. One's very special old pale. And one's XO, which is extra old. Um, but that um, refers, also refers to their years in oak. Uh, so it goes two years, four to six years, and then over six years. So in 1817, the British Royal Court is where VSOP, very superior old Oh, superior. Pale. That's it. I always very think special, special too, but I like. I was like, I gotta look because I, 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 yeah, it's very superior old pale. Well, gosh, that makes it even better, right? Like those of you out there don't know because uh, nobody knows. Like we almost named this podcast VSOP, and Sean always introduced us as your VSOP host because we're uh, special old and pale. But now yeah. we're superior. That's very even superior. better. <laughs> Very superior old tale. Eventually, I'll be XO. <laughs> I hope. So, <clears throat> oh, oh, that hits. <clears throat> but, it's, it's a sipping so, thing, dear. Well, I, mean, I tried to sip, but I just went because I don't know. I wanted the esperth stuff in my yeah. mouth. Yeah. Uh, so the aging is important to note, and the VS VSOP XO uh, category is. Because the because O to V, that name came about, and I, I found in reference in different uh, different areas talking about cognac, O to V refers to the unaged brandy, like the the, the initial product. Uh, so if you don't ever see a marking that says O to V, you might find a light or lighter or clear product. Uh, but the the VSOP those things actually talk about. The brown can can delineate the brown coloring and the deeper coloring, and that's that coloring comes from the wood and the aging, and not from what I was. Whenever I thought of cognac, I thought of a kind of a honey brown to kind of a chocolate lab brown liquor, and I don't know. I just always thought it was like quality, like of the fruit, like because you think of grapes, so I thought of raisins, mm. and this is where I always put my brain. And I was like, oh no, it's it's, and I knew it was aged in oak, but I just never. I don't know. I never took where that, that color comes from. So, oh, all right. So, VSOP is four years at least, and XO is ten years. That's a good way to remember it because I, I had six. Did you find ten? I found ten. Um, oh, because yeah. ten, an XO cognac must be aged for a minimum of ten years, and VSOP a minimum of four. Right. Which is a good way to remember it, though, because X being 10. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that does make that <laughs> just with the X makes it that. Why did I? And of course, I think I was on my phone when I was making these notes. So I didn't cite it. No. I don't know, man, but I got it from Remy Martin. So it must be true. <laughs> wow. That sounds like a text from last night, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and I shouldn't. I don't. I hate doing research during the show. Yeah, don't. I um, did. Well, you were talking, so you didn't have all to. Right, fine. I don't know why I had. I had six somewhere, which just makes me. I I I'm sorry. I I don't want to give out bad information. Um, well, that was why I googled it. <laughs> okay. Apparently there are other rankings too, <laughs> and you know what? I'll leave those for people to discover. Uh, but as you get over that, and I don't know how formalized they are, so that's also why I don't want to read them off because 
That's what Google does. It's, the, it's the real alphabet mafia. It's yeah. all these. Oz de Arch Cognac, 30 to 50 or even 100 plus years. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're, when you're going to buy a 30 year old cognac. Um, uh, I don't know. I do it with scotch. Why wouldn't I do it with cognac? How did you get a 30 year old scotch? What? How often do you get a 30 year old scotch? Um, once every, like, I don't know. I'll probably do it again this year. It was done when I got married. So 25 years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's all right. Uh, well, special occasion. Somebody yeah, no, I mean, like, really, really fine, like, Oban. And then I wanted to do that married. when I turned 30. And then I was like, oh, that's how much it costs. I don't have that kind of money yet. When we got married. And then I think when at our 10th or our 5th, no, probably around our 5th, I bought a really, really, it was probably only 20, 25 year old. I spent a lot of money on uh, an Islay, I think. And then I think for our 25th, I will get one. So not. You know, a whole twenty five years. I don't we'll see. Changing my notes. <laughs> That's okay, that noise is happening again too. I hope it stops. Oh no. Are side note, are all your filters on for the audio? <sighs> yes. Okay. And it's not showing up in my restream. And it disappeared again. Hmm. hmm. Maybe it's like the olden days when uh, your phone ringing would show up on your computer speakers. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting a text. But serious hmm. quieting it for you because it's a good AI. Okay. Yes. Anyhow. Yes. Uh, so outside of those labels and the, the aging that they represent, uh, I, I was looking at so while I was at the liquor, liquor store and their their lovely brandy cognac section, which was also labeled the same way that we were talking about this episode, brandy slash cognac, uh, their cognac section was very small, um, six bottles wide and like one set of three shelves. Like it was, there, there was not there's not much. It's it's I mean it's it's one tiny region in France, just like Champagne. Uh, it's it's hard to get a ton of it out, and it's not as popular as Champagne. Uh, so there's a lot of things. Buffeting it on either sides that were cognac esque or cognac mixed, uh, and you'll find a lot of that. Uh, it, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna just gonna throw out a line there and say it's not worth it. You don't need to get it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and there are a lot of things labeled like it would say like parentheses French brandy, which to me immediately made me think of like American brut or French style brut champagne. Like okay, uh, but that was even actually on the French stuff like the Hennessy. Uh, or something that was cognac, or sorry, something that was a brandy from like a from a cognac house that you recognize, but not produced in Champagne. Going, okay, interesting. I like you guys can can do that. And mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, I think I left it out of my notes, but important to note. And no matter what whiskey distillers will tell you, especially if you Google like first spirits made in America, I, and I did that for the show, just going like, oh, I just want to get some some info on like Laird Applejack brandy, apple Applejack or apple brandy was the first brandy that was distilled in America. Or not brandy, spirit. Spirit. Was brandy, but the first spirit. Uh, and it's 
it's oh, it's it's weird because it's it's not like that's a bad thing, but it's hard to find the actual actual citations for it when you just go go do the Google search. Uh, that's I'm sure that's because of that that algorithm has been trained that that's not what people want to find, so it buries the lead in that case. Um, Where did it, you learn that? I learned that as a bartender. I learned that from Laird, Laird's Applejack. Mm. Um, and if you if you go search brandy or Applejack spirits in America, history of spirits in America, then you'll find the citations. Otherwise, you'll find something from like Whiskey Distillers of America and be like, the most popular spirit and the first one mass marketed in America or mass, <laughs> mass produced. Like, And that is correct. First mass produced spirit? Sure. First spirit? Absolutely not. Johnny Appleseed? Plant those apples to make brandy because <laughs> he wanted to get his fix. So, <laughs> <laughs> he's so dry, so parched. Just needs a little something to wet its whistle. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's weird. It should it feels like a dirty secret. It shouldn't be. I don't think it is. It just seems like it's getting treated that way. I don't like it. <laughs> well, good. We're here to straighten it out. Right. So if I don't, if I want to be on the up and up, legally speaking, then. Brandy is spirits that are distilled from the fermented juice, mash, or wine of fruit, or from the residue thereof, distilled at less than 95% alcohol by volume, which is 190 proof, having the taste, aroma, and characteristics generally attributed to the product, and bottled at not less than 40% alcohol by volume. So... (laughs) In the citation from the legalese site I was looking at, it was like, there are also 13 types of brandy. Most were descriptive of being made from specific grapes or made of other fruits. Um, like type two is grape brandy uh, distilled exclusively in the cognac region of France, which is entitled to be so designated by the laws and regulations of the French government. As we discussed, cognac is double distilled from white grapes between October 1st and March 31st, which was definitely interesting. But <laughs> uh, I didn't know there was like, they're that tight on it. And now you know why there's so little on the shelves. I mean, grapes have a harvest time to begin with, but that's a really little that's a short window. But the other types, every type of these 13 types of brandy legally have a standard with this description of them. There's fruit brandy, uh, cognac or cognac grape brandy, armagnac, uh, brandy du Jerez, which we, I was telling Sean about. I had come up uh, with information about that in my Drunken Botanist book by Amy Stewart, which I will plug again. Everyone should have it. It's really cool and interesting. Um, and that kind of sherry was born from that, theoretically, down the road. Uh, Calvados, which is an apple brandy. Pisco. Uh, Singani. I don't know how to say that, but that's Bolivian. Like Pisco's Chilean, Peruvian. Uh, number eight was a dried fruit brandy as its own classification. Lee's brandy, which is from the lees of the grape. Um, if anybody needs to explain that, do we need? You said the lees or the leaves? The lees. Oh. 
What is that? Okay. Um, brandy is sold from the lees of standard grape or other fruit wine such as brandy derived solely from grapes. So like the lees, my understanding is um, after the first, I think it's the second pressing. I could be wrong. But if you want to look that up while I go through the other couple types, that'd be great. Um, so lees brandy, uh, pumice brandy or Mark brandy, Mark with a C, which is, um, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that's distilled from skin and pulp um, or other fruit. Residue brandy, which is uh, fermented residue. Neutral brandy, which uh, can be, which is a weird designation because it can be distilled at more than 85% alcohol by volume, but less than 95. So even though you've got that overall, what it's got to be distilled at neutral brandy apparently gets a pass and 13, it gets like shadier and shadier as you go down the list. Uh, there is actually a classification of substandard. They just call it substandard brandy, which is distilled from fermented juice, mash or wine having a volatile acidity, which is like has to do with how much sulfur dioxide and acetic acid is in it. Like, I don't know who wants it, but the standards at least will keep you alive. <laughs> I get this all as I usually end up getting this uh, from the uh, Legal Information Institute at Cornell Law School. Interesting. Uh, so. So I, I also was brushing up on, on Lee's and I totally mm -hmm. forgot about my beer history there too. Cause that's, <laughs> you will often find something on Lee's, which mean, means on yeast. Uh, and that sort of refers to the cognac, um, uh, distilling cognac on Lee's. Which oh, okay. Is, so it's the dead stuff. It's the dead stuff. And in this case, it's, it's, it's calling out the, the remnants at, that are left after the second pressing. Uh, and this comes from the history of developing pressing um, uh, uh, hardware. Uh, so, because grape crushing uh, was it was banned eventually uh, due to the fact that oh, solids could be left in your product, which could affect the taste of the product. So, but you can there, still make some brandy. <laughs> yeah. so, well, then they came get grape presses, and they they didn't put out as much pressure, so you didn't get as much juice, and then you got better presses. But still, the presses have been optimized to get the most juice without ever getting pulp. But that means you're not getting all the juice out overall, which means you have something else that you could ferment. And that also has a lot of grape flavor, because a lot of the flavor is actually in the pulp, not the juice. So, uh, fermenting things on lease or on those leftovers is... Uh, at least according to the last article I found, was uh, <laughs> is great because it gives you the flavor, but not everyone wants to admit to it because it's it's like using trash, um, uh, which I don't know. I mean, it's using good stuff. Use the good stuff, man. Like, it's fine. Um, there's a reason every restaurant sh saves their Parmesan rinds because it goes good in soup stock mm, or in um, risotto. See, there's a definite cut off like if you go through and i will have the link in our show notes and everything um for people that like to dig into that kind of thing there's a definite like you know fruit brandy and grape brandy and then there's a bunch of regions 
and then dried fruit, and then lees. Okay, cool. Still lees from stuff, and then right before that, you're still using skin and pulp, and then you get down to residue, neutral, and substandard. And <laughs> those last three... I mean, kind of shady. Even the pomace, the Mark Brandy, is like it's after all the withdrawal of the juice can be taken from the fruit. Like you, it's brandy derived from solely like components. <laughs> <laughs> brandy esque. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of brandy. It's, look, it's the only thing we have. We don't know what else to call it. Please let us call it that. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to give you a designation that no one's going to read on the bottle. Yeah. You will never be VSOP. <laughs> what if we aged it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. So I, uh, I, 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 ha- I think I mentioned, I can't remember if it was before or during the show, I have uh, Alizé. Uh, I think it's. I think I keep it in the garage. Um, and when I'm thinking of like brandies, you don't ever want to call or cognacs, you never want to call any of those things. I don't even want to call it drinkable. I think Alice. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and it's just there's so much sugar and additives and colors. Uh, but like that's like may, possibly unknowingly the way a lot of people drink cognac today. Or cognac-esque products, because mm. uh, both hypnotic and Alizé have cognac in them. They're made in France, and they use French vodka. And I don't know where they get their nuclear colors from. Uh, possibly, I was about to name any, any kind of nuclear accident site. That's not that's not nice. Um, you probably get them from Crayola or Dupont. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's that's it. Kodak. It's it's partly why those those liquors are so smooth. Because they use cognac, and they so they have a lot of that fruitiness, and they all add sugar to them too. But that kind of helps with with how they go down. And that's another way that I'm sure some of those cognac houses in France are using up some of their less than great product, or just some of their scraps and runoff is is by doing that. Um, but you also have um, I've had more than once encountered grappa uh, in my drinking career here in America, uh, and that's just Italian wine. That's been distilled, or wine remnants. So it's basically Italian cognac. Well, Italian brandy. <laughs> I'm gonna call it cognac. Uh, Pisco, also made from wine. Calvados, apple. That's apple brandy. That's French apple brandy. We would just call it apple brandy because we don't speak French most of the time. Uh, and Armagnac, also French. It's just a wine brandy. <laughs> that's not made in cognac, but it actually is. Armagnac is a uh, another region in France. Which is why it has a has that specific name to it, and it looks kind of weird. See, I was wondering about that because I looked up Cavassier, which is probably the cognac I have had most often because that's what my mom would order us for an after dinner drink. Um, oh. But it says it's a brand of cognac. Yeah, so it is cognac. cognac. Yeah, Cavassier is a cognac. All right, Cavassier. I'm just looking at the region. I don't know France well enough to say, okay, is the Charente region where Jarnac is like, it must be in Cognac because they're calling it Cognac. Mm. (laughs) 
Yeah, generally, if I'm looking at something and there's no parentheses around the cognac, and it, has, it says, like, product of France, I'm like, all right, it's definitely from cognac. But I think it was it. I want to say it was Hennessy has like another label that's not cognac cognac. It's 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 non cognac brandy. There we go. Ah, that's that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's you guys. So I'm trying Hennessy's to think. American. Right? Say Hennessy's American. Yeah. Right. No. It's a cognac. I mean, it could be owned by an American company now. But yeah, it, that's it, what it, I'm it, saying. Because, like, I know there's a company. Mm, okay, they're a French producer. There's a Hennessy USA, though. What is the difference? Well, it, it's like that's that's a corporate designation. Like, there's a Nintendo USA. That's just that's just Nintendo's offices in the U.S. Okay, okay. So Hennessy is one of the like big four, right? So yeah. is Cavassier. Who are the other two? Cavassier, Cavassier, oh no, Cavassier, Hennessy, Remy Martin, okay, and that's not Ernest and Julio. <laughs> <laughs> Do we worry? Uh, I need uh, a little bottle. <laughs> you got me with the Ernest and Julio, the A he J. You know, I can't think of the other one. I'm sure, and I'm sure, like, okay, yeah, Remy. Ernie, Hennessy, Cavassier. Martel. Is Martel or Martini? Martel. Martel, okay. Now Gosh, we know. Darn it. Haha, ha, I stumped you. <laughs> I, you know, I, and I can't even say, I don't know that I've had a Martel cognac. I've had okay. the other ones. Now okay. we're on fun facts. Interrupt you. Fun that facts. Was, that was one of the fun facts. Yeah, I learned stuff about apricot brandy that might be useful to folks out there. Um, because apricot brandy is, you know, made from apricots, just like a lot of these brandies are made from other juices. I mean, even though the primary history and uh, how it was developed, you know, was grapes and turning wine into it, um, you can do it with other fruits. But until like the 1900s, they were designating stuff differently. And hold on. I saved a page. Um, apricot brandy in particular was where they started enforcing in 1910 because there was adulterated apricot brandy made with imitation ingredients instead of made with actual fruit. And there became, there was like a law. Uh, mm, sorry. Okay. In the 19th and early 20th centuries, apricot brandies and peach brandies were made from grape-based brandy. And they just added apricot, peach juice, whatever juice, right? So just mm -hmm. like taking <laughs> kind of like my ginger brandy. They made a grape brandy and then they, I'm sure, added ginger extract to it because it's not a fruit brandy. But they started enforcing this law. So if you look, if you're looking to recreate prohibition area drinks the recipe calling for apricot brandy or peach brandy might actually refer to a liqueur an apricot liqueur uh rather than like a dry higher proof brandy like if you get something because you could get blackberry brandy and it's gonna be it's a liqueur it's not really a brandy 
but there's still getting away with calling it that. But I know it's a liqueur. It is so much like the slow gin. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's almost indiscernible. Um, But my ginger brandy was very much, it made amazing brandy, Alexander. It's got that nice brandy whiskey taste to it. Um, And, apricot brandy uh, had that variation. So if you're going to be recreating a cocktail, those will make very, very different things <laughs> than to make a cocktail with a brandy that has an apricot essence to it that would be a proper apricot brandy and putting some kind of peach liqueur in. Mm-hmm. So I learned about that, and that was interesting. Uh, see, fun fact I didn't mention. Uh, I think you mentioned it in pre-show, uh, but the, the- – Brandy snifters. Two fun mm. facts about brandy snifters. One is is the way that you would typically see someone hold it is they'll be cupping the bowl of the glass, even though it's a footed uh, glass with a round globe that you pour your brandy in. Uh, normally, you cup it with your hand, and that's because your hand is warming up the brandy, warming up the spirit or the cognac, you know, depending on how rich you are. Um, <laughs> so, but th- that's that's on purpose. That's because it, you will actually it benefits from a little heat, uh, benefits from from help bringing those espers up. Uh, warming them up in the glass and then bringing them up to your nose, so you get more of that because you you taste with your nose. Well, you taste with your eyes first, technically, but then with your nose as soon as you can smell it. <laughs> and that's and that's a lot of what you taste comes through your nostrils. So that's part of the reason for that. The other one is generally brandy snifters are made so that if you tilt the foot of your glass over to the side and let it come to rest on the globe portion, so it's kind of you can kind of almost roll it around on the on the globe in the edge of the foot of the glass. If you pour your cognac or your brandy in that way, and you pour it up just till it hits the lip of the glass, that is a correct pour of cognac. Well, how about that? I learned something yeah. today. And it's really fun to do at parties. <laughs> oh. And yeah. theoretically, that's also why a lot of uh, brandy glasses or cognac glasses are shaped kind of in that elongated neck shape is to kind of get it into the glass to pour that way. But you could do it really with any glass if you're just somewhat careful or any bottle. Hmm. I haven't seen many with a neck like that. I say they're mostly, being brought to me that mostly, are very wide. I want to say mostly Remy Martin are shaped that way. That sounds um, even familiar. Even when I was looking around today... Um, Hennessy and Remy Martin seem to have those long necks, but uh, I didn't see I didn't see a lot a lot of the modern ones. Even the one that I picked up from the oldest cognac house, it was kind of in a normal looking whiskey bottle. So um, that might be a passe, but it's a still a thing you could do. But sure, uh, did you learn anything you didn't know before? I did not know, or maybe I did, and I forgot that nutmeg and mace <laughs> came from the same plant. So that Nutmeg was and mace. Mace. You usually only see it in like holiday cooking, you know, like allspice, mace, nutmeg. You're using yeah. them in like gingerbread and things. It's a spice. Like you okay. will find it in your grocery store uh, generally. And in making the. No. <laughs> Apparently, because I had been Googling making a brandy <laughs> Alexander. Uh, Facebook decided that I wanted to know more about nutmeg. And if I had known, I had forgotten, but it's from the same plant. Um, There's like, it's a, it looks like a fruit and you crack it open 
and their little nuts inside. That's your nutmeg. But there's this bright red webbing type thing that's like holding the nut in place. Like, it'd be almost like the pith. It's not that weird, right? Um, I I wasn't going to call it that, but yeah, pith is way better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought for you it might be. But it was um, interesting to see. And then it's from an evergreen tree uh, cultivated in Corella. But yeah, it splits open. And uh, mace is like this red Ah. webbing that holds the nutmeg in. It kind of looks almost like a like a fat cashew fruit. Yeah. So right. super neat. I like it. That's way better than mine. And they taste different. <laughs> they do. Nutmeg's a little sweet. Mace is not so much. Um, it well, nutmeg's sweeter, and um, mace goes with like hot things. They put it in garam masala. Oh. Yep. Mace is a component, okay. a component cool. of garam masala. <laughs> so, but it's also maces seem to be more medicinal. People don't talk about nutmeg as medicinal. They Although just talk about it getting you high. Powerful hallucinogen, yes. Yes, it's an hallucinogen. Uh, but mace will help you with, you know, your kidneys or something. I and you know, and that's one of those. That's one of the fun parts of getting old. Is like I'd rather have good kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> I like the other one, but good kidneys are nice. Uh, so I learned uh, that uh, if I can see if I can pronounce it, brandevin, the the Dutch word, which looks like oh yeah, brandy wine. It, that it does. Is the, that is, and it, I mean, if you look and you read it, brandewijn or brandevin, uh, that that is the word where brandy comes from. That is the Dutch word, um, and it's I'm sure brandy wine is also. The same, same, same root word because <laughs> it's except for it's brandy wine. It's the same damn thing. Uh, but I didn't know that. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that brandy was Dutch or that brandy wine uh, is the Dutch root word. And I came from burning the wine. All new things for me. Uh, it was freaky deaky Dutch. Love you all. <laughs> and sorry for mangling your language. We're doing our best. Yeah, right. And it's I and I, I and anytime I meet someone Dutch, they're like, "Oh, you have a Dutch last name?" I'm like, no. Nah, well, it's that's if that's Dutch, that's all, the only Dutch part I've got. Uh, <laughs> much as I would try. So, so, our featured cocktail for the week, of course, is a brandy cocktail. Uh, is a sidecar, uh, and it's it's at least as a bartender, it's one of the early brandy cocktails. Learn how to make, uh, potentially because you don't have to use cream like in a brandy Alexander. Uh, it's often, I've also often heard it referred to as like the precursor to the margarita may or may not be true. At least the legend in the bartending scene is that it is that like someone that wanted a sidecar was in central America and at Astro one and someone's like, ah, what is in it? I'm like, I don't have any of those things. Uh, cause it uses lemon, not lime. Uh, it does use an orange liqueur, which is often used in margaritas. Uh, and, and of course they didn't have cognac in Mexico. So, you know, but that, that's, that's the ingredients. It's a cognac. Generally, you can also use a, brand, a fine brandy, but a cognac is the, the recommended thing. An orange liqueur like Cointreau or Grand Marnier. Cointreau, I believe is the originally cited one. And, and then lemon juice. Uh, that is the original recipe is equal parts. Uh, the recipe was published in 1922, by the way, in two separate books in the same year. 
Uh, a lot of times now, though, people like to use a bit more uh, cognac in the recipe, especially for an ounce of lemon juice. I can kind of respect that. That's it's a lot of lemon juice because you know, that's two to one in your ratio. So, yeah, um, I would rec- actually recommend yeah upping the cognac, especially if it's a sweeter one. Or if you're using Grand Marnier, you can up the Grand Marnier a little bit uh, also because it's just that much. It's a very that one's a very sweet one. Um, but you shake it and then strain it usually into a coupe glass that's been rimmed with sugar. Uh, I generally like to throw a lemon twist on there, although that's not the official garnish. And then you have your sidecar. Ta-da! Ta-da! Shaken, I assume. Oh, yeah, I thought I said shake. I'm sorry. Shake and strain. You, into you did say shaken and strained. You didn't mention ice. I, I'm assuming. Okay. Shake with ice. <laughs> not dry shake. Dry shake means without ice. If we say shake, come on. Hey, you, you know, I oh, actually that was another thought I had before. We Someone away. might with your brandy, Alexander, with your uh, uh, not vegan. Yes, yeah. or whatever. Oh, well, that's true. You want to go vegan? Never mind. It's non dairy. No, just non dairy. Non dairy. So if you want to throw a little bit of egg white in there, and then dry shake yeah. that first. The chickpea thing. That, it's that an opportunity to use the chickpea thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chickpea or um, gosh, what was that one I really like to use? Um. What's the seed? Flax? Flax seed? Mm-hmm. I used to use that for egg white substitute all the time. Uh, it works It works really well. I used to use that from bread a lot. Um, Neat. Um, yeah, I, I like it. But now so, we're off topic. Yes. <laughs> like we do. Anyway, folks, <laughs> if you'd like to have some input, please chime in by emailing us at tipplethory at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget, like, follow, and review us on the listening platform of your choice. Our next episode, we're going to be talking about basic mixers. Please check out patreon.com forward slash Temple Theory today, where you can become a supporter and get access to video of our cocktail of the week being made and other behind-the-scenes goodies. Thank you to Scott Gesser for writing our theme music that you're listening to right now. You can find him and links to his music at scottgesser.weebly.com. Nice. Nice. Nice.